We want to dive into the word of God this morning. We are glad to have Pastor Kurt and Tony Lee back. Let's give God a hand clap that they are back safely. We were praying for their safe return. We want to continue our message this morning in regards to beyond these walls. Because we want to encourage us as believers to continue to do so. To be God, to continue to go beyond the walls and reach people for Jesus Christ. If you agree with that, let me hear you say amen. amen. One of the things I love about God is simply this. Is that God never asks us to do something that he will not do. In other words, God tells us to pick up our cross and follow him. And he goes to another step. He dies on the cross for our sins. God tells us to forgive those who have trespassed against us, and God goes a whole nother step, and he forgives us for everything we've ever done in our lives. God tells us to go beyond the walls, and according to Scripture in John 3, 16, God shows us how he was a person who followed the command to go first. And John 3, 16, it says, It's for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. In other words, if I could read that and paraphrase it, for God so loved the world that he went beyond the walls of heaven. He stepped out of heaven into earth. You know the song. He came from heaven to earth to show the way. And now God requires that we do the same. That we step out of our heavens, so to speak. We step out of our havens, so to speak. Now he ask us to step out of our comfort zones, our mindsets, our mindsets that says us for and no more. Our mindsets that keep us in our safe places, our easy places, our hideaways, our refuge, our shelter. Come out, come out wherever you are. I want everybody to repeat after me. Take your hands and just follow me. Say, reach up, reach out, or reach back. Today we're going to focus on the reach back. We've been reaching up. We've been reaching out. Now we're going to reach back and see who we can bring with us into the kingdom of God and introduce them to our Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. In this passage of Scripture, God gives us a blueprint for reaching back God says, for he loved. Everybody say love. love. Let me ask you a question this morning. Who do you love? Yeah, I like that. Who are you passionate about? What are you passionate about? What keeps you up at night? What stirs your soul just a little bit? God says, who do you love? Because love does something. It causes you to give. For God so loved that he gave. Love causes you to give something. It causes you to go beyond yourself. It may cause you to give your money. It may cause you to give your time. But it will cause you to give something. You see, when you find the people that you love, that you're willing to give something for, those are the people that you can cause to believe in the Jesus that we serve. Everyone say amen. God not only shows us his big goal, then he commands us to go. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 through 20, it says, therefore, go. Guys, get ready for this, because I looked up the Greek and go, the go in Greek, it is beautiful, Pastor Kirk, just beautiful. Everybody just get your hands ready to clap. Get your hands like this, because this is good. I'm telling you, this is good. The Greek word for go, this is deep, okay? The Greek word for go, get your hands ready to clap. Don't play with me second off first, okay? The Greek word for go is go. 
The Greek word for go is go. There's, there's no hidden word behind it. God says, put action to your faith. Go. And how dare we do anything but We can do all things, but if we refuse, but if we refuse as believers to, we miss the mark. We've missed the mark. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Let me give you a definition. I love the discipleship issue in here. Let me give you a definition of discipleship. It is simply this. It is a mindset that says, lead me to Jesus. Teach me to live like Jesus. But remember, I will learn this by watching you being led by and living for Jesus. That was a good time to clap, Zagmar first. Come on. Let me tell you, let me tell you what, this, what this, this statement says. It says, I am responsible as believers to not only go, but I'm also responsible for making disciples for Jesus Christ. I'm responsible as a believer. Go making disciples. Go step outside of your walls. Go and make this part of your lifestyle. Let me tell you what outreach is. Can there be events that you do outreach as as a church? Sure, there can be events. We have some things that we would do, as stated last week. Over this summer, we would do some things. We would do one week, we, uh, one week, one street. We will connect with uh, Old Town Christian and help them give out food and those things like that. But let me tell you something. Uh, outreach is, has more to do with lifestyle than anything. It is a lifestyle that when you wake up, you understand that you have a command as a believer to reach back and to go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. When Jesus said go, he was talking about a lifestyle. He was not talking about an event. Go and treat others with kindness is what he was saying. We live in a world that is void of it. Go and treat others with kindness. Go and show love. Go and tell how much the Lord has done for you. Go and give water to the thirsty. Go and give food to the hungry. Go and encourage the discouraged. Go and give hope to the people on planet Earth who are hopeless. Go and mourn with those who are mourning. We got a planet full of people who are grieving and in mourning. Go and rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Whatever you do, go. Come on, do it with me. Reach up. Reach out. Don't forget to reach back. Go. And who are you going to bring with you? There are people who are looking for God. And my time, my short time here at Saginaw First, and it has been a blessed time, getting to know you all and hearing your stories. I've been blessed and I've been encouraged. I think of outreach as a lifestyle. I think of uh, uh, reaching back. And I heard some really beautiful stories amongst this congregation. And, and excuse me if I point these stories out because I just think they're absolutely beautiful and they're timely for what we're talking about this morning. It's a beautiful thing to talk to, to, to Jim and Chris Gabriel. And hear them tell the story of how they were at a grocery store and how there was a lady there who needed her groceries taken care of and how they were prompted by God to reach back. And they paid for her groceries. And the people who were standing in that line said, who does that? 
the people who are called to go, the people who are called to reach back. It's a beautiful thing to talk to Ms. Don Beckman and to have you tell us the story, Don, at one of our meetings about a young lady that she was working with that she simply referred to as beautiful, if I'm correct. You just had a smile on your face that day and said, how you doing, beautiful? Don tells a story how that young lady began to cry and how that was the connection point for God building a relationship between her and that young lady. It's just reaching back, reach up, reach out. Have a heart big enough to reach back. Mike, today you wouldn't even be sitting here. I know the lady who showed up in the building you were in. She showed up. She went beyond her walls. She preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. She reached back, and a man of God is sitting in our congregation today. A man of God is sitting in our congregation today because somebody reached. Pastor Naomi and I both have a coffee fix. We both love Starbucks, okay? Forgive me, Jesus. But you know what we love just as much as the Starbucks coffee? We love the people at Starbucks. And Pastor Naomi has a wonderful gift of building relationships with people. And she has figured out something, that while people are handing her 16 ounces of coffee in a cup, she has found a way to hand them back 16 ounces of hope. His name is Jesus. They walk into that place, and it's like she's on a first-name basis with everybody in there. They love her. But what it tells me is she's reaching back. She's touching people's lives. I was talking to Jerry Rodriguez this past week, and he was telling me about the excitement of people calling him to fix things at their homes and how often when he gets to their homes and he begins to fix things, he's able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. They thought they were getting one thing fixed, and then they ended up getting a life fixed with Jesus. Reach up. Reach out. Reach back. Reach back. One of the people in our congregation was telling me, my brother, he was telling me how a neighbor was asking him if they would help him to move. And he says, you're my brother. I'll help you move. And they got finished about 2, 2.30 in the morning. But he, blessed the, but he blessed his neighbor. Reach up. Reach out. Then reach back. Bring somebody with you. Find a way to be a blessing to someone in your life. There are four principles that we need to consider when it comes to reaching back towards people and bringing them into the, the kingdom of God. Number one is this. Matthew chapter 4 verse 14. Number one is be intentional. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, it says this. You are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. I love it. You are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. You see, the world is like a lost soul in the darkness of night. It has wandered through the wilderness of darkness. It has Come through that wilderness hungry, thirsty, discouraged, angry, disappointed, afraid, grieving from death and loss of loved ones, not sure if they can hold on one more second 
And all of a sudden, they make their way to the end of the forest. And what do they see? They see a city sitting on a hill. And that city represents something. It represents hope. It represents hope. But here is the question for us as believers. The question is, if I am a city sitting on a hill in a dark time in history, shining brightly is what the Bible says, am I compassionate enough or do I have a big enough heart to not just remain a city sitting on a hill in turbulent times? I should have a big enough heart to come down from the city on the hill and reach back and help somebody. The question is, do we remain on the hill or do we come down into the valley to say there is a God in heaven who loves you, who died for you, who wants to save you, who's not afraid of the muck and the mire of your life, who's not afraid of the garbage of your life. There is a God in heaven who will come down. He will came from heaven to earth, and he will save your soul. Come on, Saginaw first. Come on. We must be intentional about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I brought these stickers with me. They represent... People, we got to get intentional about people like Brad and people like Mike. We got to get intentional about people like Felicia. We got to get intentional about people like Paul. Yeah, I know Paul. There we go. Maybe God put a person named Jerome on your heart. Maybe God put somebody named Jill on your heart. Maybe God is always putting Joyce or Nathan that you work with on your heart. You know, remember Dee who you grew up with and God just won't let her stop being on your heart. Mickey, you remember Fred, yeah. Fred, God just won't stop letting you, Fred, get put on your heart. And then there's Jenny, Tony Lee, remember Jenny. And, you know, then there's Shay. Mike, you remember Shay? Yep, there you go. And, and God just keeps putting people on your heart. And you know what this means? I better get real intentional about reaching these people. Because God's not going to keep quit putting them on my heart. Their name's going to keep popping up. It's going to keep popping up, and it's going to keep popping up. You ever met somebody like that where their name just keeps popping up in your life and God keeps tapping you on the shoulder, and you, you know you just, God, I really don't want to do that. I really don't want to be bothered with them, Lord God. I really don't want to get into that. And God just, God goes, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, and there's another person that I want you to talk to, too. I've come to ask you a question this morning. Who has God called you to reach back to? Maybe it's not one of these people, but it's somebody in your life that God has says, reach up, reach out, reach. Go back and get them. Go back and get them. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Show the love of Jesus Christ. There are people all over the world, day to day in our life, and God is saying, I'm not going to leave you alone until you go back and you get them. Go back and get them. 
Number two, not only be patient, be intentional. I mean, be intentional, number one. Number two is be patient. Be patient. The Bible tells us this. He says, uh, in the word of God, uh, the scripture tells us that some are given to plant, some are given to water. Sometimes it's my job to water, sometimes it's my job to plant, sometimes it's my job to harvest, sometimes it's just my job not to blow what God is going to send you next to do. I just need to live the gospel in front of somebody so I don't blow this, so when you show up, you can fulfill the purpose of God in this person's life. But be patient with what God is going to do in regards to you reaching out to people. Let me tell you a story. A couple, well, probably a year ago now. My daughter, Brianna, she comes to me. She says, Dad, I had a dream. I said, that's great. Martin Luther King had a dream too. Phenomenal. My daughter says, I said, what's your dream? She says, Dad, I had a dream about you and your father. I said, you had a dream about me and my father. She said, yeah. She says, here was, I said, tell me about this dream. She says, in the dream, she said, Dad, you know how you are all, you are really into your family? You're really strong about family? I said, yeah. She said, "Uh, in the dream, your dad died. And I said, wait a minute, you had a dream about my father. Now, it was interesting to me that she had a dream about my father because she's never met my father, never seen him. She wouldn't know if he was standing next to him. And she says, in the dream, your dad died. And she says, when your father died, you changed. There were still unresolved issues between you and your dad. And I said, okay. And she says, dad, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I think you need to go and find your father, and I think you guys need to resolve some issues. And she walked away. I went back to eating my cereal, okay? I was like, yeah, okay. And in my mind, Mike, I'm thinking, peace, yeah, right. (laughs) That ain't happening, okay? I'm thinking, God, I've dealt with those things. That ain't happening, okay? I'm like, this girl needs to stop eating pizza before she go to bed. That's the problem here. Too many subs and pizzas before she go to bed. She don't even know my daddy. That's what I'm talking. That was on a Sunday morning. On Monday, my wife calls me. Now, I had been praying for my father for years. Hadn't seen him in years, but I had been praying for him for years. I was reaching back. In prayer. But I'm not sure if I was ready to go. So I was sharing my, 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 Monday comes, my wife calls. She says, sweetheart, you need to come up to my work. I said, okay. I show up to her workplace. She slapped these set of pictures in my hand. And I said, who put my face on these pictures? My wife says, that's, that's not you. That's a picture of your father. I said, oh, where'd you get these at? My wife tells me that a lady was up at the hospital. She comes to my wife's place of work, and she hands her this set of pictures. The lady was at the hospital. She was sitting there with another lady who was on her deathbed who asked her the question, do you know Brian Pruitt? The lady says, I know his wife. She says, can you make sure that he gets these pictures? She hands them to her. That lady brings those pictures to my wife. Those pictures end up in my hand. To this day, I couldn't tell you who either one of those women were. So Sunday, my daughter has a dream. Monday, I've got a set of pictures in my hand. Tuesday, my wife says to me, uh, Tuesday, I find out. I said, maybe I should find out where my father is at. I hadn't seen him in 20 years. I find out my father's in Cleveland, Ohio, in a mental institution. 
For those of you who don't know, my father was a bipolar, schizophrenic, homeless man who was very violent and and basically tortured our family. And at the end of the day, Wednesday rolls around. Wednesday rolls around and my wife says this to me, sweetheart, I got bad news for you. I got to go to a conference this weekend and I know that's tough, but I got to leave this weekend to go to Cleveland, Ohio. I was like, what you talking about, Willis? Wait, 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 what you mean? Did you just say Cleveland, Ohio? And she said, yeah. I said, well, you go ahead. I got the kids, okay? I got them. We're cool. She said, no, I think you should come with me. God was saying, Brian, reach back. But I wasn't ready to go. Sunday, the dream. Monday, the pictures. Tuesday, the lo- I find out his location. Wednesday, I find out I'm headed to Cleveland, Ohio. Friday, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio at a hotel that her company has gotten for us. She says, honey, you got two days to find your dad. I don't know where he's at, it's a big city. My dad was three blocks away from the hotel her company got for us. I said, God, you better stop playing with me. You play too much, Jesus, stop playing with me. I walk into this mental institution. I hadn't seen my father in 20 years. Last time I talked to him was the night before the NFL draft. And I was very leery of that phone call because I hadn't talked to him in years before that, so I assumed that was about money. Complicated relationship. But God was saying, reach back. But I wasn't ready to go. I walk in, he doesn't recognize me, he just notices he sees a very much younger version of himself walking into the room. I can tell he's nervous because the last conversation we had many years ago, I made a promise to him. It wasn't a really nice promise. I was going to pay him back for all the things he had did to my mother, physical harm, the guns that he had pulled out on our family. Oh, I was going to pay him back. The only difference was the man who had showed up was a totally different man. Jesus had done a work in my life. Like, I can't even get revenge, Jesus. (laughs) Just let me poke him or something. If nothing else, I just wanted to be able to physically let him know it's not cool anytime a man holds a woman at gunpoint. It's never a cool thing. When I walked over to my father that day, he was terrified. And I said, Dad, I'm not here to hurt you. I said, I actually came here to tell you that I forgive you. Me and my father stood that day and we held each other and we cried. I asked him questions like I would ask any stranger in this room. What's your favorite color? When's your birthday? What high school did you go to? Weird questions. We get back home. We couldn't have been home for more than a couple weeks. The phone rings, and here's the conversation. Mr. Pruitt, we're calling you. Your father's in hospice. Your dad is dying. Back to my daughter's dream. I said, let me speak to my father. We get on the phone, and God says, Brian, time to reach back.
I said, Dad, this is going to be our last conversation. I said, is there anything you want to say to me before you leave, before you leave this earth? And I got to be honest with you, the seven-year-old boy inside, the seven-year-old boy inside of me wanted to hear my dad say, well done, son. So I sat there and waited. The seven-year-old boy inside of me wanted to hear him say, I love you, because he didn't say it when I saw him in Cleveland. So I'm sitting, I'm going, this is it, he's going to say it. He says, nope, I got nothing I want to say. The seven-year-old boy inside of me threw a fit. No! How dare you? God says, shh, reach back. This ain't about you. Reach back. He says, you can do one or two things right now, Brian Pruitt. You can be the seven-year-old broken boy who throws a fit, or you can be the mature man of God who brings healing to broken men. You choose. You choose. And the Lord spoke to me and says, you can't speak to him like he's your dad. Speak to him like he's a broken man. Because that's what you do. Reach back. And I begin to speak to my father. I'm sorry you watch your mother be murdered. I'm sorry for the brokenness in your life. And all of a sudden, I heard my father begin to weep on the other side of the phone. And that's when I knew, now it's time to go. I said, Dad, do you want to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And my father said, yes. January 2020, January 2nd, 2020, I led my father to the Lord. I introduced my dad to my father. And I said to my, my dad, I said, listen, we didn't spend a lot of time here. We didn't spend a lot of time here. I said, but I'll see you on the other side. And we could spend a lot of time together then. Come on, reach back. Reach back. Reach back. The only picture I have of me and my father is right there, and that's us meeting a year ago. It's the only picture I have of us together. My father now knows Jesus Christ and is in heaven, and I will see him there. Who is God calling you to reach back to? I couldn't have written that movie script. I couldn't have done it. Got off the phone and said, God, you are an awesome God. I would have never wanted the story to be the way the story was, but I'm so thankful that you are who you are, Lord Jesus Christ, and that you command us to go. That a man who has lived such a broken life, that the truth is, is I don't understand it and I'm not God, but somehow grace let him take a last second shot and make it. I don't make that decision. God does, but I'm glad he did. We must be intentional. We must be patient. We must be expecting. Expecting what? Expecting God to do something awesome. Listen, I, I, I want to do more as a believer than wake up in the morning. I'm sorry. 
Am I thankful that God wakes me up? Yes, I am. But, but, but my neighbor going to wake up too. I want to see God do something awesome. I want to I reach back and I want to have stories to tell of God doing some supernatural, miraculous things in my life. I don't want to spend my life reading a Bible that, 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 that is just stories that I will never see produced in my life. I'm not interested in that. What I read, I'm hungry to see. So I wake up with expectation. God, show me the book of Acts. Show me what you do. Show me how you touch people's lives. Give me stories to tell. Let my children see the miracles of God in our lives. Last but not least, worship team, if you would come. We must be compassionate. Intentional. Patient. Expecting and compassionate. I want you to show this picture as we close. It's shocking, isn't it? Let me tell you the story behind the picture, which is probably more shocking than the picture itself. His name was Kevin Carter. He won the Pulitzer Award for taking this photo. Top award in photography for taking this photo. It's the photo of a starving child with a vulture waiting for him to die. Kevin even stood there for, it says, about 30 to 40 minutes waiting for the perfect shot. He was waiting for the vulture to open up his wings because he thought it would be a better shot. He was more interested in winning an award than he was in saving a life. And after he captured this photo of a child who was a mile away from the food and the water that the child needed, that child was crawling and walking and finally passed out. A mile away, they said, was a feeding station. Kevin Carter took all the photos he wanted, and when he was done, he got in his car, and he left. He won the top photo award, but he lost everything else in life. By the time the picture got back to the States, people started asking a question. Hey, what happened to that kid? You say, Brian, why would you show us such a shocking picture? Here's why. Because if we are not careful as believers, we will have found out we have settled and only settled for the award of heaven and forgot about the fact that there are people out there that we need to have compassion on. Are we just taking pictures? Are we just trying to look good here? Are we just showing up on Sundays in nice shirts and suits and ties and clothes? Are we just, what are we doing here? Somebody's got to be broken enough to reach back. All he had to do was reach back, grab the child, put him in his car because he had a car, drive him to a feeding station and he would have saved a life. He had the means to save a life. Saginaw First, we have the means to 
can save a life. His name is Jesus. Every eye closed, every head bowed right now. Father God, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We love you. We give you honor and praise. Maybe there are those of you here this morning where you say, Brian, I don't even know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. It is time for you to reach up to God. We're reaching back for you. He's reaching back for you right now. Is there anybody in this house this morning, every head bow, every eyes closed, you say, today is my day. I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Would you just reach your hand up right now? Just raise your hand if that's you. Praise God. Is there anybody else? Praise God. Is there anybody else? You would say, today is my day. I am making that decision for Christ. Maybe you're online and you're saying, today is my decision. Praise God. We're going to pray as a body of believers right now. Repeat after me, body. And if you're online and you made this decision, repeat after me as well. Say, Lord God, I ask that you would come into my heart. I believe that you died on the cross. But I also believe that you rose again. I confess my sins. And I confess that I need a Savior. Be my Savior and be my Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you made that decision for Christ today, online, I want you to make sure that you connect with us so that we can follow up with you. If you're in the house today, please go to our welcome booth and fill out or fill out a connect card that's sitting in front of you and take that card to our welcome booth so that we can connect with you as well. We love you and we're so excited to have you and the family of God. Body of Christ, keep reaching back. Pastor Kirk. Come on, let's give God a hand. Wow, what a word today. What a message for each and every one of us to grab a hold of. And as Pastor Brian just prayed, and there are many, I saw hands raised, and, and whatever the Lord's doing in your heart and where he's leading you, I just want to say, as we close today's service, we are becoming a reach back, reaching back body of believers because there are people who need Christ. My question to you today as you go is who did the Lord lay on your heart? What sticker might be placed on your heart today that as we walk out of here that we would say, you know what, I need to, I need to reach back. I need to go back and ask for forgiveness, offer forgiveness Give it to him. And uh, we want to, in this moment, just declare that we will continue to reach as Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that he reached back for us? Church, God has a plan. It's unfolding before us. It's an incredible, incredible moment of time that we are living in. Let's continue to be his hand. In Jesus' name. If you did make a decision, I want to invite you to connect with us. Stop by the Welcome Center. Turn in a welcome card. If you're a visitor, we're so glad that you are here on your way out. You can drop those cards with an usher or take those with you. Remember, we as a church, we invite everyone, but we're called to bring someone. Who are you reaching? Let's go. Be the family and the body of Christ as we reach this world for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Be blessed this morning as you go. Honor him in every area.
of your life. Be blessed. Thank you.